0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. As always, lots going on. Uh, this is GC Live. It is Thursday. We've got a lot to get to. Season right around the corner. GC kickoff party right around the corner. Um... Gamecocks versus UNC right around the corner and um, just tons to get to observations for practice today worked out timing wise very well because we got to see some of practice this morning and figured this is a great time to hop on and talk some ball before we do that going to tell you about our friend Clint Hammond of Movement Mortgage, clinthammond.com 803-771-6933. Y'all know what I'm going to tell you if you are thinking about buying a new home or you just want to see what it might look like to buy a new home, uh, what your interest rates might be, what closing costs might be, if all that is just a foreign concept to you, or maybe you've bought 10 homes. I don't know. Either way, Clint is your guy. Movement Mortgage can help make the process smooth and simple. Go to clinthammond.com or give him a call, 803-771-6933. Again, welcome into Gamecock Central Live. He is Chris. I am Wes. And we are talking practice number, I think, twelve at this point. I hope it was twelve because I wrote it was twelve, and it was a, a little bit of it was open to the public or open to the media today. And uh, we got to see a little depth chart drill. We got to see a little eleven on eleven. No full pads, but Chris, we did. Uh, we got a lot more viewing opportunity than we did last week. I'll say that.
1: Yeah, man. Outside in the elements, we got to see a lot more last week. It was uh, a lot of special teams, Wes. A lot of special teams work, which is fine. I actually enjoy uh, more than in past regimes watching Gamecock special teams because of how they do things. Pretty unique. They obviously have some really good players there, and it's uh, it's always interesting to watch. But we did get to see um, a good bit in the depth chart drill. I, by the way, Wes, do we need another name for the depth chart drill? Like. The Mitchell drill, the West drill, you, you've kind of really taken that one and run with it. But we can stay with the depth chart drill for now.
0: Yeah, no, D- depth chart drill is – that's my name for it. I'm going to trademark right.
1: that. Are you going to trademark it? All right, the DCD. And, uh, yes, yeah, some interesting stuff, man, on the offensive line. And here – let's qualify everything we're going to say. We don't know yet who the starting five is. It's probably safe to say that South Carolina's coaching staff does not know who the starting five is. Lonnie Teasley, again, I've said this before, he passed along preseason that he would like to know or have a good sense of who his top five will be, his starting five, uh, his top eight. You ideally want to have about eight guys or so. He wants to know by scrimmage number two, which is on Saturday. So there's prob- there's still some room here where we don't quite know. But we did see a couple different iterations today of the offensive line that perhaps they have happened in practice before. But this is the first time in our viewing window, six periods, about, what, 20, 30 minutes. First time we saw it. And so let, let's go through those, Wes. Let, let's start with those. The The two big things. Number one, we saw Jackson Hughes, the preferred walk-on from Charlotte. He... Uh, Charlotte being the university he uh, was playing left tackle now this is not new we knew that he's been repping at left tackle he's missed some time during the preseason he was in there with the ones so there's noteworthy nugget number one secondly at right tackle we saw for the first time out there with the ones fully participating case and Henry Henry's a redshirt freshman big upside played in two games Charlotte and SC State last season Missed the spring rehabbing from a m- more minor knee procedure was kind of limited in rehabbing in the summer and even the early part of preseason camp. Now the timing seems to be very interesting, Wes, because Kacen Henry seems to be back full go full pack, not only full pads, not only out there, but participating in the, in the kind of depth chart team 11 on 11 portion. And he was out there with the ones at one point at right tackle. So, Those are the two positions that we know have been kind of more unsettled to have the most room for flexibility. Those two guys are out there. We also, Wes, saw, from what I saw, Ja'Kai Moore kick inside, where he played last season at left guard later in the year, and I saw Nick Gargiulo at right guard. We know Nick Gargiulo can play any of the three interior spots. So really, really intriguing stuff on the offensive line today uh, because we saw some guys – that could make a late push, a late emergence as as the second scrimmage approaches, and the offensive line, as we know, we've talked about it a lot. It's it's a key key position that carries some questions right now for South Carolina.
0: Yeah, and, and tackle has sort of been where where that question has been, and we we've known that they've been trying different combinations. We've known that um, you know. That, that probably includes a lot of guys moving around and everybody kind of has a primary position, a secondary, um, position. However, we didn't necessarily know what all those combinations are. Now we're starting to get a glance or at least a little bit of an idea of what that might look like. Um, you know, Trey Jones a guy now that has played left and right guard a, a little bit. So there's some versatility there. Obviously we know there's some versatility with Ja'Kai Moore. There is, um, obviously some versatility with Sidney fugar as well he played left tackle all throughout spring camp and now is at right tackle so I think for for these guys it is just um a, a kind of all right what what is the best combination and like you said man they they want to find out by Saturday I, I think that probably means more like Early next week, in my opinion, because you're going to have to go play Saturday. Then you're going to review it right after that. Then you're going to coach it up and correct it. And then you're kind of going to at some point, I would think early next week, really want to lock in and try to actually, I would say, name a top five, at least internally. Um, Now, talking to Dal Loggins about it, you know, before camp started, it was it was interesting, given his take too. He's like, you know, there's a huge sense of urgency here, but, um, you know, paraphrasing, he kind of said, you you can't rush it either. Like, you you want to you want to keep those guys battling as long as you can if it's still if it's still up in the air. But at some point, you got to put them together and, and let them go jail. And um, I don't know if I can handicap that race right now, Chris. I mean, I, I tend to think. The, the the possibility of Ja'Kai at at left guard um, again, which, you know, was obviously something he did a lot of last year, that kind of makes things interesting again at, at that guard spot. Now, garjulo is going to be on the field, whether it's one of the guard spots or, or even center. It seems like they have him more focused on guard right now, but he's going to be on the field. And, you know, I – I tend to think Jackson Hughes stepping in at left tackle. It is certainly noteworthy, but that is also a lot to put on him, man. He is he's coming off of an injury. He's a, a walk on transfer. He did play a lot at Charlotte, but that's a big step up. So um, you know, I, I'll be very curious to see are are they do they are they really ready to roll into the season feeling like he's ready to take that on because uh, that's just a lot to put on a newcomer who has not been at South Carolina very long.
1: That, that's why I tend, Wes, in my mind to revert to the fact that I, I think it's probably more likely that we do see Ja'Kai Moore at left tackle. You know, he, he, has, he has more, first of all, just high-level collegiate experience than, than Jackson Hughes. And I thought it was interesting that we did see more inside, but he played there last year. I mean, look, Lonnie Teasley wants to have guys play more than one spot. We know that. Um, When you're building your offensive line, it's not about who's number two on the depth chart. It's who's your next best guy at a particular position. And so Ja'Kai is someone that's just like Nick Gargiulo is a swing player inside. Ja'Kai Moore is a swing player at a couple different spots, at least on your offensive line. I think there's – there's less an effort to yes find your your best five to do that you need to work different combinations and you're also trying to build depth and one of the ways that you're building depth is yeah you're getting jackson hughes some reps in there with the ones so he's playing against the best defensive guys in practice he's playing alongside the best offensive players alongside the guys on the offensive line who are more than likely going to be starters this year that helps in your development and so just because a guys out there with the ones today or in one given period of practice, you, you can read into that some, but you got to be careful not to, not to make that the gospel, you know, based on that. And, and we've seen a few different iterations already. So to me, it just points to their, to the fact that they're still working on it. They're still building depth. I feel like Wes, if you're kind of, I don't know if handicapping is the right word, but if you're, if you're kind of laying odds, on left tackle. To me it still seems more likely. That Ja'Kai Moore. Starts game one out there. Over Jackson Hughes. The one to me that has a little bit more drama. Not to say left tackle is fully settled. The one that has more drama to me. Is right tackle. I think this one is officially. A big battle. And I think. Sidney Fugar is in there. Tyshawn Wanamaker's in there. And, and I think by season's end, going to have possibly something to say. I think he he can continue to progress. But Casein Henry is the one that would not surprise me if by the time game one rolls around, it would not surprise me if he was the guy. I think that there have to be some things that happen. There has to be a, a progression because he has missed plenty of time this year, including this preseason. That's the one where I think we could see somebody emerge, that somebody being Casein Henry. Do you agree?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think we, I think we, I mean, as much as we've talked about Case and Henry, man, we've kind of anticipated when is this Case and Henry push going to potentially come? That's a combination of what we heard about him last offseason, what we heard about him as he came back from the injury, what the staff has said publicly, sort of bringing him up when talking about the offensive line and what we've heard behind the scenes. To me, it was just a matter of, all right, when is it going to happen? Is it going to be? Now, when, when, you know, when he gets healthy, that's the, that was the other part. When is he going to be 100% cleared for, like, full 11-on-11 11 11 and cleared for contact and all that stuff? So, you know, for me, I, I kind of look at that like, all right, if he's rolling right in with the ones right off the bat, for one, that means they, they're high on his ability. But for two, that means that the other guys maybe have not been able to sort of lock that spot down and solidify it yet. So – um, you know, I, I would I would love to be a fly on the wall for this scrimmage on Saturday to see what the split is then. That probably – not that it would give you the be-all, end-all, hey, here's who's starting on game one. But I think it'd give you a pretty good idea of who the staff thinks um, is in the lead to start in, in game one. So, yep. to me – for Case and Henry to just go ahead and, and jump right up in there, that that is pretty telling. And I mean, w- would it would it be a shock if it was Jakai Moore at left tackle and Case and Henry at right tackle? Game one, I don't think that would be a surprise at all. Um, ben posing a question, saying, "Is it safe to say Marshawn Lee is the closest thing to a sure thing week one?" I I do think Marshawn Lee is. Pretty close to a sure thing week one, but I think I actually think Garjula is probably the closest thing to a sure thing to be starting week one. I mean, and it's, it's weird because he hasn't been here, but when you hear people, I mean, hear people basically like say he's the heart and soul of the offensive line. I mean, this guy has come in, taken over very quickly a leadership role. And has arguably been South Carolina's best blocker, um, really since arriving. So, I Ben, I'd be shocked if either one of those guys, assuming health, you know, isn't in there. Like I think Rashawn and Nick Garjulo are both in the starting lineup, but Gargiulo may maybe even more so, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I, I think maybe two different. And Ben, I don't want to put words in your mouth. I wonder, Wes, if Ben meant Rashawn Lee at center, like. Positionally, this is where he's going to be. I agree with you. It's Nick Gargiulo out of anybody on the roster. If you're saying this is the guy, if you could only pick one guy that has to be a starter, like he's the one. Vershawn, also way up there. Nick Gargiulo, you know, positionally, Wes, what we have seen from him the most with our, our eyes has been left guard since he got to USC, but he still worked on snapping. He was out there snapping with probably four or five other guys today on the side. He's continued to work on that. He was at right guard some today. Trey Jones got some reps with the one at left guard. He, he can he can play right guard too. Trey Jones playing left and right guard. Same with Gargiulo. So, you know, we'll see how that settles in. But Gargiulo is playing either a guard spot or center. And it seems most likely that it's for Sean at center, Gargiulo at a guard. Uh, but, yeah, th- those are the top two. Th- those are the guys that are close – that are – I wouldn't even say West closest to a sure thing. If they're healthy, they're sure things. Those two are starting somewhere. Quantrell knows says, would you say
0: that ideally if every lineman is at their apex, that Henry and Fugar are your starting tackles. I don't know if I'm ready to say that. You know, I, I think I, I think there's a lot of competition at, at those two spots, and there's there's reasons for all of them why. I can make a great case for them being the starter. There's a reason for all of them where I can make a great case of saying it's going to take time for them at their spot. Now, it does bring up an interesting point. If let, let's play this thing out. If casein Henry steps in here and they're just like, wow, he's he's the right tackle. Like this is his spot. Would potentially you look at Fugar sliding back over to left tackle and and fighting it out. They they, they they've got two spots they've got to settle and for whatever reason they start a camp by saying we need Fugar to go set, help settle right tackle. But if Henry's just like, "Oh, that's our guy. Maybe you do see Fugar slide back over there and start pushing for that spot, then you really could potentially have the possibility. I think that would be what it would take to really heavily consider sliding Ja'Kai Moore back to left guard. That point. would be the movement that – because then you'd have maybe Fugar at left tackle, Jackson Hughes providing depth there, Casey Henry at right tackle, Tyshawn Wanamaker providing depth there, and then Ja'Kai Moore, you know, you'd have Ja'Kai uh, – Nick Garjulo who could play guard or center. um, And then you'd have Trey Jones. So you'd you'd have really some options. And then you got Marquis Anderson inside as well. So I I think that would be, to me, potentially an ideal scenario. but But because of the limitations of practice and what we get to see, I just haven't seen physically myself, I've not seen Fugar enough to just blindly say, oh, this would be the best game. I don't know who the most, quote, talented two are of that bunch, to be completely honest. Fugar was not a guy that was, like, highly recruited out of high school where we were able to gather information, and he wasn't a high-profile transfer portal guy either. So as even as much as we follow it, I feel like he is a little bit of an unknown as far as what to expect from him.
1: Yeah, we know that, you know, and he's transformed his body some even since he got to South Carolina West. And you can you can see, based on the limited windows we have had, you know, he he's a big kid that can move. And I know he said recently he feels like he's made his most strides in his personal development as a pass protector. I think he probably feels like he's got a little bit more to do uh, in the run game. So I think it's a great question by Quantrell Nose. You know, for me, it's kind of hard because if you look at the apex, so I look at it like this, if this makes sense. There's an apex for Sidney Fugar that I th- I feel like is pretty high, but he's not going to reach that this season, no matter what. He's, he's still got time to develop as a player. It's kind of similar to, you know, what a guy is as a freshman versus what he is as a senior. There's going to be growth. There's going to be progression. So if we're talking about the apex for this season, I don't know. I, I think the answer to that is probably still Jakai Moore at left tackle and Casein Henry at right. All right? I, I think that Casein Henry might have a better opportunity to reach this year, 2023. He might have a, a better chance of reaching that eight, that one year apex this season. And you know, again. Case and Henry's a little bit of a mystery too, Wes. I mean, we haven't seen – we saw him two games last year. He missed the spring. He missed a good portion of the summer. USC feels like he's got a great deal of upside, but a lot of what you're basing that off of was what you saw last season, which was pretty substantial in practice, and then a little bit in games. Um, what you saw in high school, the physical profile, which there's a lot to work with there. This is a big kid, physical kid plays with a nasty mentality. But but that's – honestly, Wes, that's why if there weren't these questions, if there wasn't this mystery and intrigue around some of these guys, we would already know who South Carolina's starting five is. That's why it's a question for us. That's why I think it's still a question for the coaching staff as well. Preston says, what O-line player
0: have we not talked about enough who can make an impact this season? I mean, frankly, Preston, I think we've talked about <laughs> – At some point, we've talked about every single guy, in my opinion. Um, You know, know, have you noticed how Beamer will bring up, like, the freshman group on the offensive line? And it's kind of like a – there's, like, an intrigue from him there. And it was – I can't remember exactly how he said it after the scrimmage, but it was kind of like, we got to keep putting these guys out there. We got to find out, like – There's some intrigue, like, oh, these guys are going to help us at some point. Is it now? Is it midseason? Is it next year? So, that that would be the thing to keep an eye on. You always have – this is not just offensive line. This is football just in general. You almost always have a few freshmen who are just kind of quietly doing everything that's asked of them. And we maybe don't catch on to it yet, but, like, the light bulb comes on, and then all of a sudden – Week four, all this guy is in the rotation. Like he's out there. And it's because they've just been stacking days, they call it. Um, and so for me, I mean, I don't know. Trovon Ball, like that, that's a guy I thought was kind of overshadowed by some of the other offensive linemen they signed. Um, you know, Tree Babalata, he continue, continues to roll in there with the twos at left tackle. They're getting him reps. So um, John Darius Morgan is a guy we never talk about. I mean, I don't want to sit here and just name off all, you know, 20 or whatever offensive linemen it is. So, you know, th- there are guys kind of quietly working. A, I go to freshmen and young guys, though, because you just you don't really know when the light bulb is going to come on. But uh, yeah, Ball was a guy when they signed him, they thought he was really far along in terms of development. And uh, Pace Academy in Atlanta, they, I mean, they've put out a ton of offensive linemen that are, High, high quality guys, high developmental players there as far as already being at a point that not many high school, you know, to freshman offensive linemen are. So that that may be something to keep an eye on. Um, you know, we'll see. Uh, so when Michael asked about Brubaker, uh, he's dealing with an injury. So, you know, don't project him out there right now. But um, yeah, we'll see. That That's a fascinating spot. For sure. Uh, Other 11-on-11 observations, Chris, I thought it was kind of interesting that the running back group has started to kind of stack up the way we would have thought and the way we anticipated. You know, we went out there, and some of it was – I don't know if guys were banged up. I don't know what the reasons were, but we go out there, and, you know, there'd be a walk-on rolling in with the twos or a walk-on rolling in with the threes. Today, it was much more along the same lines of what I had anticipated. Joyner, of course, with the ones, Mario Anderson rolling in with the twos, and then DJ Braswell rolling in with the threes. They're still being uh, cautious, it seems, during 11-11 with Juju McDowell. But that spot starting to kind of shake out with what you might see the rotation be. The question right now is sort of being, all right, where, where does a completely – clear and healthy Juju kind of slot uh, among that bunch, you know?
1: Yeah. Juju um, has, has been observed Wes, with, with a brace um, obviously. So it looks like, you know, something off season from a knee standpoint, but, but running around, I mean, see him running around out there similar to some of the other guys that you look at um, that we saw some Juju McDowell was not in a blue Jersey today. The blue has replaced the yellow, of course, for, so we can, uh, let everybody know the current color coding the blue is kind of the uh the back off jersey the the this guy's kind of still rehabbing recovering Juju was not in that so um he's going to be I think an important part of this offense as well but yeah Braswell um is someone that that Dow Loggins has talked up as being an important player that they want to get a really good look at this season so interesting that he seems to kind of Maybe, maybe continue to make a rise, or maybe things are kind of evening out. West at that running back position, Mario Anderson with the twos, and, and to carry on Joiner, you called this one a long time ago that he was going to be running back one. That seems to be firmly, firmly held—a firmly held position by to carry on Joiner at this point.
0: Yeah, for sure, man. So I mean, doesn't seem like there's many surprises there. Um, at this point, I'll be curious to see what that rotation look, looks like. How how quickly does Braswell get snaps? Is it a couple snaps off the bat? Is it, you know, 15 snaps off the bat in game one? I, I don't know exactly what is fair there, what to expect, but um, certainly something I think worth paying attention to moving forward. Um, let's switch over to the defensive side of the ball, but real quick before we do so, Chris, you – have already made movement to completely, I wouldn't even say cure, you just cut it off before <laughs> it even had a chance. No yeah. tax none with Chris Clark. And if you want to avoid tax next tax season, go ahead and give our friends at Liberty Tax a call, 803-462-5576. Yeah, didn't even,
1: didn't even have let a hint of tax creep up, Wes. Preventative measures by talking with Larry and his team at Liberty Tax they got two locations right out near me uh, in Irmo. And I was able to go to the St. Andrews location, sit down my wife and I with Larry, laid out a great plan, went over what we've done in the past, where we're looking to go in the future. And I have an outstanding plan and way far ahead. I mean, we are way ahead of tax season. We got a great plan together and I feel great. Absolutely no tax anxiety. Highly recommend you doing the same, your tax situation. It's probably not similar to mine. It's probably not the same as Wes's. Everybody has a unique tax situation. Larry's a veteran. He knows what he's talking about. He knows what he's doing. He can help you either cure your sidey or just completely prevent it like he did for me.
0: Yeah, just head it off at the pass before it even gets here. Um, All right, let's talk defense, man. How much are you reading into JT gear out there with the ones at the edge position?
1: Uh, I'm officially reading into it Wes. Um Jordan strong. We knew if healthy and everything's set is going to be a starter. And, and so that we have seen since he's come back has certainly been the case. Uh, he's been out there consistently in all our viewing windows, everything we understand behind the scenes. He's been there too. So the question has been that other spot Tyreek Johnson, um, is in a blue Jersey still, which has been the case for a good portion of preseason, but he's been out there and Tyreek's been working with the ones a good bit as well. Um Jatias gear, JT gear. I, he was a player West that I've been waiting on to make a run, been waiting on it. And I think it's officially happening now. I don't know if we can call, Hey, game one, JT gear is going to be out there with the ones because remember Tyreek Johnson was not just a throwaway inclusion into the ones. Like he, he's earned it, and he's been talked up a good bit this off season too. Gear's still a young player, but he showed some things at Syracuse. He's got, I think, a pretty big upside, and I think he's got potential to continue getting better, not only the rest of this preseason, but through the season as well. So that one's officially a battle, and and I'm definitely reading into it. Gear
0: to me, Chris, he's got the look. You know what I mean? Like yeah, you walk out there, some guys, you you look at him and you're just like, um, uh, you know, I that guy's a pretty good player, but I don't he didn't he didn't quite look like an all SEC defensive end. You look at gear, you're like, all right, this guy looks the way you expect an SEC defensive end to look. Um has a nice first step, has some length. Is someone that I, I think will continue to grow during his time at South Carolina. He's not he's not tapped out, I think, as far as um what he is capable of doing. And you know, I, I think the fact that Gear comes in not just as a transfer, but as someone who has um quite a bit of upside to go and can come in and can um you know really just develop. Under Sterling Lucas, I I think it's a great sign that he's pushing for a a one spot right now. I I wouldn't be surprised at all if he was the starter in in game one. You know, would it su- surprise me if Tyreek was the starter? I wouldn't say that would surprise either. Like either way, wouldn't be a surprise. But I tend to think as the season progresses, like Gear is the uh, the difference maker potentially. Let's, let's go back to the question earlier. If these guys are at their apex, like who's, who's the guy with the upside that could maybe give South Carolina their best possible spot at these two positions, uh, the two edge spots? To me, Gear is the guy I circled preseason and said, all right, you need this guy to be ready because they need somebody to step in and be an impact player.
1: Yeah, and you needed – You needed a couple different things to happen at West. No, more than two, probably four, (laughs) to make you feel good about edge. Here they are, and I'm probably going to gloss over one. So, you needed somebody on this roster who had some level of experience to take another step forward. So, that could have been a Terrell Dawkins. That could be a Tyreek Johnson. It looks like Tyreek Johnson has done that. You know, not, not that he's gone from a guy who played 100 something snaps last year to an all SEC selection, right? But there has been a progression, a development. So that happened. You needed Desmond Yumi Azulu to look like a guy, to look like the player you thought you signed as a four star who went through spring practice, who went through summer, and is going to be able to give you something this year. Can we probably say that's happened? Yeah, I think so. You also needed Jordan Strong to come back and be full go, coming off another ACL injury. Remember, he's had more than one in his career. It looks like, time will tell, but it looks like that's happened. He's running around out there with the ones, no limitations. He says he feels good. Everything looks good. So check that box. And you also needed to go get a transfer, which they did with JT Gear, and you needed him to be a guy that could give you an impact, not just give you something. But give you a tangible impact, whether that's you know, something off the bench, give you 20 snaps a game, or whether it's winning a starting job. And I think Wes the, the missing pieces now, not that this is going to be one of the best units in the SEC, but I think just continuing to have all those things progress, strong, you know, stay healthy in general, have Desmond U progress throughout the season, have JT Gear progress, have Tyreek play solidly. Have a Brian Thomas Jr. be able to help you on third downs. I think those things are, are critical. So I think you feel better about the edge position than you did, say, in the spring. You, you just be a wrecking crew up front, just destroying people in the in the pass rush game or stopping the run. But you feel better about it um, probably than you did in the spring for for those, what were those four reasons or so that I laid out.
0: Yeah, and I, I think, um, you know, they, they got to stay healthy there as, as well, man. But uh, it, it, it has played out in a lot of ways the way they, they kind of hoped um, that it would. Uh, yeah, what's up, Nathan? Nathan's saying we are close to the season. We are right there. Um, let's talk linebackers because this was a, a bit of an interesting battle. Not sure the battle is over, but the the clo- here's what I watch, y'all. <laughs> The closer and closer you get to game one, what are the trends? Uh, You know, who's trending up? Who's trending down? Like, like tack, offensive tack, we talked about earlier. Case and Henry back in there, clearly trending up. I look at linebacker, the number of times that we've looked out there and we see Debo Williams with the ones. The number of times we look out there, we see Stone Blanton with the ones. I know he went through a little stretch where he was banged up and was training over on the side, but went through all spring with the ones. Mokaba is actually now back in there. When we when we first got out to practice, Mokaba was not participating in the eleven on elevens, but um, now he's back in there. But Chris Mokaba was with the twos today. So, at, at what point? Are are we I mean at what point are we like, all right, game one, Stone Blanton and Debo Williams may may be the dudes. Like they may have um, earned their spots.
1: I think if we hear that they're out there with the ones in Saturday's scrimmage and that they played pretty well, you may you may get closer to that. I was gonna say inch, but you may you may go a little farther with it. And Wes, I you know, I, I think part of it is You know, you look at Kaba, and he and Strawn, obviously, were on pretty similar timelines for these ACLs. They happened in the same game last year against Arkansas, and then from there you go individually. There's always different timelines, but both guys are out there running around. It seems like Strawn returned to, like, full action a little bit earlier, but now Kaba back in the mix. So, So my question is, we are getting closer and closer, as you just said, but is the reason that Kaba has not made a bigger leap because he hasn't been out there as much in the full 11 on 11 periods. Now that he has that opportunity, will he really, really start to make a push and maybe push up into that starting group? I tend to think that the momentum is maybe for him to make a rise maybe during the season or something, but it'll be interesting to see. I, I could I could come back here on Monday show, Wes, and say, hey, I think Mo is going to be a starter. You know, so it, for me, it's still a little harder to handicap. I feel better about Stone being a starter. Um, ben DeRozia here on the YouTube comments saying breakout season incoming. It seems like the coaching staff has kind of expected that. You know, remember, Wes, we sat down early in the year with Shane Beamer. This is before the spring, right? And he said – We said, hey, give us a few guys that are going to play a much bigger role in 2023. And Stone Blanton was, I think, the first name out of his mouth. In better shape, had a good spring, summer, carried over into the preseason. He's been working with the ones a lot. If we're kind of handicapping it, I think he's probably got a better hold on being able to be a starter somewhere on this defense. But I feel like this team athletically has more depth at linebacker Wes um than we've probably seen in the past few years i think the question is who starts and then there, in some instances there's going to be an experience gap that they've got to overcome as well
0: well i think they've got to get back healthy there too obviously uh, you know pup howard out there today but in a blue jersey um you know how how long until he's back 100 percent um you know some other guys i i don't think i saw Ben martin scott rotating in during the 11 on 11 stuff so just um you know, I think if you have the, that group sort of ready to go, then um, you absolutely feel better athletically about kind of just being able to, to rotate. I mean, I remember times the last few years where you're just you're playing the same guys or there's just a huge drop off whenever you start getting into your second or third team. And, you know, I, you can tell, man, listening to Clayton White talk about these linebackers preseason, like the Beamer, you know, birdies with Beamer thing. He's excited about coaching this group and excited about what it looks like to um, to kind of coach up this group versus, you know, it's it's nothing against the guys that were there before. But I just think sideline to sideline speed, athleticism, uh, being able to chase down plays, they're just kind of in a different spot than they were before where they had some guys, frankly, that had dealt with some serious injuries throughout their career, or in some cases were kind of in between positions back and forth. I mean, you know, Brad Johnson, it was, for his whole career. It was kind of, are you a buck? Are you a true <laughs> linebacker? Kind of what does that look like? And, and I love Brad, uh, but it was just, it was a lot to put on him. I think in a two linebacker system where you're expected to go run sideline to sideline and, and make plays. So, um, You can tell Clayton White likes this group. I think our next step as far as evaluating what their expectations are, let's go see it against North Carolina. Let's go see it against real opponents. You talked during 107.5 show today, man. There's some pretty good running backs on this North Carolina group. We may get a feel right off the bat. Are these backs able to turn that corner? Are they able to get to that edge? Or do we see South Carolina's linebackers get up in there head them off, cut them back inside, and uh, and make them sort of deal with South Carolina's interior players. I thought that was something the last couple of years, lots of runs that have bounced outside um, that, that really have given South Carolina fits.
1: Yeah, it, it's going to be a test right off the bat, right? Like um, you can look at, at certain spots with this UNC-USC matchup. You know, North Carolina's uh, offensive line and offensive tackles It's not going to be the best unit that South Carolina faces this year. Based on what we know, probably far from it. But you do have a couple big tests in there. And that is, I think this is a system. Remember, the system is changing from what Phil Longo ran. But I think this can be a difficult system to defend against. A, you also have a deep running back room for North Carolina that's also got a good bit of talent if you go back and look at what some of these guys have done on the field, their recruiting rankings, how many schools offered them. They have a lot of talent in that room. And then, of course, Drake May is a guy who can challenge you because he's a really good quarterback. you know. And so um, with, with his ability to throw the ball, administer the offense, their ability to run the football, it is going to be a challenge for these linebackers because they are going to have to play in the box and they're going to have to play sideline to sideline. They're going to be asked to cover people. Um, it's going to be right out of the gate, a really good test. And so I think it's going to give us Wes a really good measuring stick of, uh, of how, how good these linebackers could be. But there's no doubt in my mind that what you said is right. And that is athletically from an athletic depth standpoint, South Carolina is probably in the best position that they've been in in a little while actually for my money.
0: Yeah. Very, it'll be very interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, Before we close out the show, Chris, uh, we've got a new sponsor all season long, and that is the Game Time app. You can find that on the App Store or at GameTime.co. What is the Game Time app? Well, what it is is I know there has all we've all had situations where you've been looking for tickets, maybe you've been stressed out, maybe uh, you haven't been able to find tickets, maybe you're wanting to go up to Charlotte for Game One and have not bought your tickets yet. Well, we have got a deal for you from our friends at the Game Time app. Uh, this is the fastest growing ticket app out there and there's a reason for that one of those reasons is that um, if you buy with this app and then for some reason somehow you find a ticket at a better price there's a game time guarantee that means you will get the best price if you find tickets in the same section and row for less game time is going to credit you with 110 percent of the difference obviously we focus on sports here but they've got deals on football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more, including exclusive flash deals and last minute ticket deals right there on the app or again at GameTime.co. Here's what you got to do: download the Game Time app, create an account, use code GameCocks for $20 off your first purchase. Now terms do apply, but again, if you create an account and create an account and use the code GameCocks, you'll get $20 off your first purchase. Um, again, that can be anything. Of course, they got Gamecock tickets on there. They got Braves tickets on there. I used it to go to the World Series a couple of years ago. And Top Gamecock, right on time, you are Top Gamecock, saying facts. Game time is goaded. So take it from Top Gamecock, Game time, goaded. Download it now. Use that code, Gamecocks. And we appreciate them for their sponsorship of several on three podcasts throughout the 2023 college football season.
1: Chris Clark, what do you want to talk about during our final segment? Final segment. Let's hit on another question. My man Quantrell knows he's coming up with some good ones today. Quick recruiting hypothetical, Wes. If you had to guess on who will sign with Carolina out of Cameron Fountain or Booker Pickett, who would you choose? Now, I'm going to give a weird answer. I think it's an easy answer. But I think um, it's not a guarantee that either of them would would sign with Carolina for various reasons. I think out of those two, Cam Fountain would be the one that you point to, Wes. Um, Out of Atlanta, highly rated defensive end, has a really good relationship with Sterling Lucas, committed to Southern Cal, went there this summer for an official visit, kind of fell in love with it. But he's someone that South Carolina has kept on the radar, that the communication has continued, And it's possible that an official visit will take place sometime this season. Um, Obviously, that's kind of a wait and see. The season is rapidly approaching. Nothing's on the books yet. But just from some things we've heard, Wes, there behind the scenes, I think he's someone that you keep certainly keep an eye on, Uh, Cam Fountain. Booker Pickett, guy that has South Carolina in his top five, his public top five, I think that one is kind of a little bit more yet to take shape with South Carolina to kind of see where it goes think things would probably be a little bit further down the road uh, with Cam Fountain.
0: Yeah. Great question, man. Uh, Quantrell bringing the goods today. Appreciate that, man. Always like when everybody has uh, questions there in the chat room. Uh, Let's see, man. I'm trying to think, is there anything we have missed from today? Um, If this is the last show, it probably will be the last show of the week. I hope to see all of you at the kickoff party. On Saturday, going to be awesome. We still got a few VIP tickets available. Also, as always, there will be the free on stage portion of the show. Pretty much all the things going all afternoon, all evening at Still Hands Brewing in Casey, South Carolina. Chris, uh, I'd like to think there's something for everyone. We got music, we're going to have some football talk. Uh, If you got VIP, you can meet some players. Uh, Juice Wells is going to be there, Nick Garzulo. Whole list of guys are going to be out there. Going to be fun, man.
1: It's going to be a great time. And, Wes, actually, while we're on here, actually, I told you about one earlier. We have another football guest that you will know that is also confirmed. And we also – we thought we lost him, but we have a baseball guest too coming on board. Excited about that one. He might – we, we, maybe we'll have a baseball hitting contest that he would easily win and just watch him hit a baseball from, like, we'll be over in Casey. He probably hit it, I don't know, football stadium, something like that. Put it into orbit. That'll be exciting. Are you are you willing no. to tell the people? Nope, they got to come to find out. Oh, wow. Okay. All nah, right. Ga- no, nah, it's Gavin Cassis. He'll be there. Gavin Cassis, he's coming to the party. He's going to hang out with us in the evening before Patrick Davis plays. So it'll be a good time. Who who's our football player? Our football player is Nick Emanwari.
0: Ah. Uh, I'm I'm enjoying by the way. I, I got another topic. I'm enjoying the apparent Nick versus Nick yes battle battle within the program. Um Nikki E not too happy that Nick H is all of a sudden the the top uh freak on the team basically is cuz Nicky E wanted to let everyone know I guess this week that hey this is this is two freaks going at it his words and I I think uh, I think this is going to be good for both these guys man
1: yeah yeah, it is. Well, and they'll both they'll both be. Uh, that means they'll both be at the kickoff party. So maybe we can get them together and have them talk about it a little bit more for the VIP folks. There would be no racing. Yes, no, so we can't do right no, now.
0: No racing. No. Not going there. But um, I, I think I think it's hilarious, but also awesome <laughs> that the two guys have kind of like, all right, we're just going to take this to the field and um, and fight it out every single day in practice. Remember, not this is the same man, but remember hearing the stories about like South Carolina's receivers and DBs going at it. Um, you know, like the Alshon and Stefan days.
1: Yep, this this has that vibe to it. I feel like it does. It does. Um, whether it's a little on-field matchup with an actual football in the air, or uh, or just racing, that's that's the one I want to see. I, I need. Wes, I need the top five fastest Gamecocks race in my life. But I don't – here's the thing. I don't think we're going to get it this year. I really don't. And we probably shouldn't. We don't need anybody uh, – we don't need anybody tearing a hammy just to entertain us uh, without having a football in their hands.
0: Yeah, and I, so we'll probably never get it.
1: we we'll probably uh, never get it. But but that's we, kind of fun. It will always be an open question. This is AB's last year. And so everybody, everybody talks about yep, AB. being there. Yeah.
0: Everybody talks about Nick
1: versus Nick, but
0: A.B. A- is in this conversation.
1: A.B.'s in Firmly. it. Firmly in it. And I think if you're if you're setting a top five, the other two would probably be Xavier Leggett and D.J. Braswell, right? Probably. That seems like kind of your top five in there. Well, and the distance, the, the most distance
0: negotiated part of this would be how far are they running? Yep. Because Nick, Nick be, Harbor
1: wins a one hundred meter, one hundred yard. He wins a forty. It's up in there.
0: Forty. I'm taking AB. Man.
1: Well, Nick and a, Nick E and AB did what the fifty. That was a fifty, and that was one time. I'm just saying. This would also, this would also be one time. <laughs> yeah, but I'm, I'm saying that, it. A, yeah. So you're discounting Leggett?
0: No, I'm not though. discounting anybody. I'm not discounting any of those guys. They are far more fast, and,
1: you know, they're <laughs> incredible. Yeah. yeah. I just, I think AB would take it. I don't know. I think we need a 40, a 60, and a 100. It'll be a full Olympics day. People would pay money for that, actually. I, I actually would. I, I know I would. Yeah. All right. Well, we've rambled enough. Appreciate
0: y'all. As always, come check us out on Gamecock Central. Hope to see everybody. GC kickoff party this Saturday. Still hands brewing. VIP tickets. Still a couple available. If you don't go VIP, still come out. Say what's up. Watch the concert. Enjoy some uh, football, some festivities, some hanging out. Uh, Appreciate y'all. As always, he's Chris. I'm Wes. See y'all later.
1: Okay. Round two. Name something that's not boring